Um, but we are going to read today from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and many for not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of, uh, to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, uh, well, he was going and they were, while he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you to heaven will come in the same way as you saw him into go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Um, I live on uh, in, in Belmont Cragen on the corner of this these two lovely streets. Um, and every week there's a group of people that, that go around and they knock on people's doors and they ask people a question such as, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Um, and I feel like I'm a magnet no matter where I live. I get people on the corner, uh, people coming to my house. I have someone on Facebook right now that's like wants to talk about Jesus to me. I don't know if it's something the way I look, the way I present myself into the world that uh, people want to always talk about Jesus. And growing up, um, we would go and do these evangelism campaigns where we would go out into the street and talk to people about Jesus. I was always so scared to do that. And I would always kind of sneak away and not do it. Um, and, um, and, and our sermon series this month is just about that. It's about becoming a witness um, in the world, becoming a witness in your communities, um, wherever you work. And so we're beginning this new series. Um, and it's really about this whole concept of invitation, um, that our faith isn't just uh, simply personal or private, that Jesus doesn't want us to come to worship, but he wants to send us out to share what, we, what we'll experience with others. So this old-fashioned word for it then, um, evangelism, is when I first started, um, and this whole concept of evangelism became very different because I come from a background where evangelism is you invite people to this thing and there's going to be a big tent outside and there's going to be a lot of music and a lot of preaching and you invite people into that tent. This is a little bit different at Urban Village since I started here and I, I kind of um, like this sense of invitation that we do. 
And so an invitation is at the heart of what we call the gathering. This, what we do on Sundays, what we do on Mondays through Saturday in small groups. It's the gathering. And so if you read through the book of Acts, uh, these are going to be the last recorded words of Jesus to his disciples. And so, but if we read the book of Acts, these are the last um, words, but it also um, happens after Jesus is resurrected. And he appears to his followers in the upper room um, where they are hiding during a meal. And this is the gist of the whole message that I love about this whole part of it. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come. And period. Over the course of the next, uh, I think, four weeks, we're going to unpack this one verse. One verse. You will receive power uh, from when the Holy Spirit comes. Um, but today I wanted to start with what he means when he asked them to be a witness and why it's often really hard for us to do that. Um, but let me give you a little bit of background about that. First, after Jesus' death and his resurrection, uh, the disciples were really scared. Their faith was internally focused. Like, what about me? Oh, my goodness, I'm scared. All of their emotions and everything that they were feeling was internalized. And... to. Um, and Acts says that they would rather gather together in the upper room than to be out with the rest of the crowds talking to them. They were scared at what would happen uh, to Jesus, uh, would happen to them. And so they gathered together in the upper room. So you can imagine what it felt when Jesus says, you will be my witness. He wanted their faith to be not internalized and private, but to be external and private, I mean public, external and public. And so the first believers were not just more enthusiastic about than, than many of us are. Uh, we know that because at least at first they didn't do it. They were not witnesses to Jesus. They stayed in that upper room out of fear, being scared of what was going to happen to them. And so many of you guys know my story of coming out to my parents, um, them not liking that very much, me moving to Mexico, me coming back to uh, uh, Chicago, uh, conversion therapy, things after that, and, and so forth, until I get to where I'm at today. Um, but there was the, always this feeling of being very self-conscious about my faith. I never knew how to talk about it, mostly because I... I wasn't authentic, if you will, with God um, and with others. So it was always scary. Anytime of those high school outings to talk about Jesus, I was always scared because I wasn't sure if Jesus actually loved me. And so it was like this whole facade that was happening. I felt like an imposter. And so when those times would come, I, I did it. I also was internalized. I had fear. I had all these emotions. I was scared. I, was, I didn't want to look silly to other people. And so, so for some of us, this word witness then, and the thought of inviting uh, uh, friends reminds us of those past church experiences. Uh, and may, maybe you had a better experience than I did. But for some of us, the word witness and the thought of inviting uh, people actually gives us joy. And it's just how different people are with different things. But for some, uh, there was this reluctance um, really is born out of insecurity. 
we ourselves are new to this whole business of church. We're bus uh, this whole thing of worshiping together. And so we have trouble telling others about it. We aren't perfect in our own faith, right? So um, how are we going to talk to people about it if we're not even sure about it ourselves? And for some of us, we fear making others feel uncomfortable. And I think like that's the biggest one, making people feel offended. Um, we don't want to come off as that person who has all the answers. We don't want to come, if you live in the United States, um, we're really polarized when it comes to believers. And so you, have, you don't, you don't want to sound like the other side and vice versa. They don't want to sound like the other side. And no one wants to sound like the other side. And so you get scared to share this Jesus with people because you don't want to offend them. You don't want them to think about you in a certain way. And so the same thing with the first followers. They were having a lot of trouble with those parting words of Jesus. Because it's different when it was just something personal, just amongst themselves, or, or when we're just with our friends. We're nervous about faith when it comes into contact with other people. And I think that's part that scares us. Um, there's a, I don't think he's here, Nam. Nam is a, one of our members here. He's in a worship team. And I remember he was going to start his first small group. Who was there that day? It was on a Saturday. It was a coffee shop uh, in Logan Square. And I said, oh, let me go uh, to the small group with him. Now, Nam loves to talk about Jesus to everybody. Loves it. I, on the other hand, <laughs> I sometimes I get scared. And so we're having small group outside. And then he's like, we're going to sing worship songs together. I'm like, outside? <laughs> There's people sitting on the other side right there. <laughs> he put on some songs, gave us the lyrics, and we were singing worship songs outside of the coffee shop. The things that Nam does is so powerful. And I think um, when I see him, when we're outside, he's always talking about Jesus to other people. Um, I wish that I could be more like him um, out in public. Um, and I think it's because how powerful, because Nam is speaking from his own experience, his own personal experience. And so while you might not call it um, this at all, we're all witnessing at the same time. If you follow Nikayla on TikTok, she's always um, putting different uh, reviews of different products. There's some foundation she really loves. There's some foundation she doesn't love. Um, there's, and so you're witnessing all the time, every time you talk about something personal, something that you went to, a great restaurant that you went to, uh, when you go to a new store, when you listen to a new song, all of those things are really witnessing to other people about something that, that you like. And so if we apply this to faith, witnessing isn't just about asking Jesus to be, uh, for us to be Bible experts or to give a theological pr presentation to people. Jesus is asking us to talk about our own personal experience, what faith has been like for us, what we have seen, what we've gone through, what we experienced. That's all that witnessing is. And it starts with our own experience in our own faith with Jesus. As uh, someone put it, it's like giving um, a, a review for church on Google. It's like giving it on, on Yelp. Witnessing isn't about knowing theology inside and out. 
It's about being an expert on your own story. And so witnesses start with our own experience of faith in Jesus. Um, and so it's also shared with people you know. And so once we know that we know our own story, that's easy to tell. The challenge is how to share it with other people. But a different misconception that we have is that we have to start by going up to strangers, maybe at the beach or which I have done, gone up to strangers at the beach and asked them about something. But this is not what Jesus was talking about. It's quite op the opposite of that. Witnesses don't just run up and share their stories with strangers. They begin by sharing it with people they know, people they trust, and people that trust them, people that are part of their lives. Witnesses begin close to home. And it says this in uh, Acts, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So the way that if you look at it in a map, it's like one map, one circle in Jerusalem, another circle here, and another bigger circle here. So it's three circles above each other to the places that Jesus asked them to go. So these are the circles that I think we should be in. So when you show up to work, Co-workers might ask you what you did this weekend. And we're like, oh, I had a really great church service. I don't know. Um, when you hang out with the friends, they want to know what's going on with you. When your family is curious, they don't live in Chicago, and they're curious what's happening to you in Chicago. Um, that's a chance to tell them. When people just come asking you for advice or for some input, looking for some wisdom, or they just want to talk to you, that's another opportunity. Now, neighbors are also kind of in that personal space if you talk to your neighbors. Um, I have some really great neighbors, and, uh, but they do not uh, like me to talk to them about Jesus at all. So you might get a hit or a miss here and there. Um, if you pay attention, there's also all sorts of opportunities for you to, to be witnessing, to tell your story. Um, and then finally, witnessing ends with an invitation. And not an obligation. So if you go back to the definition of witness, when a witness is done testifying, they don't force you to believe what they believe or to do what they do. A good witness invites you into see a life and see their life and see their life in a new way to look at things from a new perspective. So when you listen to a good witness, you aren't forced to agree with them completely but you're invited to consider what has been so meaningful to them. And so for me, Jerusalem, that circle for me, Jerusalem is my personal closest friends, my closest family members. Those are the ones that I kind of see all the time that are really close to. Then there's the other, the other circle. And then finally, this bigger circle. But all of those are people that I know just in different degrees. And so it thinks about that it's ending this witnessing or this invitation ends with an invitation. So I think what we get it wrong sometimes is that sometimes we seem obsessed with getting someone to believe what we believe. And we've seen this over the last, I don't know how many years um, in the United States, where we want the, uh, someone else to believe exactly how we believe. Our, our Thanksgiving tables were, were messy. Our conversations with our families are, were, were chaotic and angry. But I don't think this is what Jesus was talking about. We don't have to convince someone of, someone of what we believe. What we share is what has been meaningful 
in our own life. And usually it doesn't um, end with an obligation, but it ends with an invitation. So sometimes you might want to check out a new restaurant and you were like, hey, do you want to go check out uh, this new restaurant? Or maybe you want to go to a new gym or maybe you want to go to a new bar, whatever it is. Those are our natural ways of inviting people, right? You're like, oh, I want to check out this new bar. You want to go with me? And that's it. And it says, and so over the next few weeks, we're going to, I'll give you something to, um, to do, an invitation for you to do something at home so that we can practice this a little better. Um, but it's a natural way of sharing. So once you share something and then you're like, would you like to come with me to church on Sunday? I don't know, maybe something like that. Each of us has our own story. But I think that our stories are what makes us unique and our stories is what, um, what really helps us. And so for me now, whenever I, I talk to strangers on the street and uh, even at the, at the bars, people know what I do. And so it's interesting that sometimes even the bartenders will ask, uh, they'll say, hey, he can pray with you. One time he had me on one side of the bar asking if anyone needed prayer to come to the table. And, um, and I, did it, I did it gladly. Um, but this is our way of sharing our testimony to be witnesses over the next few years, uh, weeks. Uh, we'll talk about what this means about having the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And um, so blessings. Uh, amen.